When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park. Hello and welcome to the Royal Blue Podcast, streaming live on the Royal Blue YouTube channel and the Echo's Everton FC Facebook page. I'm Ian Kroll and I'm joined by the Echo's Everton FC correspondent, Joe Thomas. Joe, how are you? Good weekend. Did you have a rare Saturday off, was it? Uh, yeah, I had yesterday off, but obviously... Um... Yeah, I think think life for all of us at the minute is, is is coloured by what happened on Friday afternoon. So still very much keep going through that report and, and digging new bits of insight from it. Uh, good stuff. Also on today's show is the Echoes sport reporter and general all-round massive Everton fan, Connor O'Neill. How are things, Connor? All good. All good, except for Friday's news, but I'm sure we'll get into that a bit more over the course of this show. But yeah, all good. Yeah, we definitely, definitely will. Uh, on the agenda today, um, obviously Everton, 10 points deduction. We will obviously talk about that, but we're going to look at more what's next on the appeal process. A uh, bit of 7-7-7, bit of Manchester City and Chelsea, and a bit of go for me and Dominic Carver-Lewin as well. Um, Connor, I haven't really spoken to you properly. I've spoken to Joe on Friday, but I'll start with you, Connor, just because I haven't spoken to you. So just your... I just want to get your reaction. Obviously, we kind of little touched upon it a little bit as we were uh, building up to this pod, but you know, just your initial reaction to, to Friday's news. Yeah, one of one of shock really because I was actually off on Friday, and um, the first time I discovered that Everton had posted about my phone burst, and I looked, and it was a notification from the Echo with the the piece saying that Everton means up ten points. So that was my first day, uh, my first on this well first first time I was aware that they'd been up points. Yeah, we should go out. What a real shock, really. I think for a while we perhaps knew that Everton were going to be found guilty in some way, and I think perhaps may have done something on the thing that has been a feeling for a while that it, it was leaning in that way. But I don't think any of us were expecting 10 points. Uh, I think, you know, obviously you look at the reaction since and one of anger and real kind of puzzlement. I mean, I tweet start on Friday, you know, when I'm not all that seen the news, you know, kind of, you know, how. I mean, it leaves more questions than answers in terms, you know, how six clubs, you know, basically threaten to almost destroy, you know, the Premier League and English football for everything that it stands for and trying to break away and form a European Super League. They didn't get anywhere near this type of punishment. See, the, the charges that linger over Chelsea and Man City knows the book going to be forward. Then now, yeah, it was just one of pure almost a shock, you know, to see 10 points. It was just not what any of us, you know, expected and any of us thought it'd be that a posted up to that magnitude and, I think he's be City and all. I think the the feeling is more of anger and, like I say, a bit of a, a puzzlement in terms of how the inquiry, how the commission comes to this this finding. Because if you read the report, there's not much to suggest or understand why ten points was the the figure plucked from the air. Well, it feels like a figure has been plucked from the air as a, as a late punishment for Everton. Yeah, it obviously does seem to be a can of worms that's obviously going to drag on in for probably a good couple of weeks, months, no doubt. Just a reminder to everyone listening, uh, watching on the YouTube channel, Facebook page, uh, we are live 
So any questions that you do have, submit them in the comments. I'll try and feed them to the lads, see if the lads can answer any of your questions. Uh, but Joe, yeah, let's 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 come to you then because we spoke on Friday, the initial reaction. Now that the dust has kind of settled on the initial reaction, um, on the initial ruling, sorry, should I say, just what? How, how are you feeling now? Are you feeling angry, bullish? What, what What's going through your head? Mixture of emotions, really, and it kind of conflicted because obviously we, you know, it, this is a lengthy report that came out by surprise, essentially, on, on Friday afternoon. We knew it was coming, we just didn't know when. And for being perfectly honest, I haven't spoken to the Premier League for, for months now. It was very unclear when a ruling did come, what information was going to be provided alongside it. So obviously pleased the fact that, you know, I think one thing that they have done well as part of this process is, you know, they've released that 41-page judgment that goes through the arguments and it goes through their rulings on them and it takes us through quite a, a significant number of points. Uh, and that's a good thing, really, because it gives us a huge amount of context to kind of go over and, and, and reanalyze the, the four years or so that this covers um, a financial... Um, a financial calendar years that um, that have been found to be have breached the, the the regulations, and I've kind of have, have almost two emotions really because the more you read and the more you kind of get to grips with this, I think on a surface level, like we said on a Friday, at the, at the very top end, this is a an argument about have ever ever breached the hundred and five billion pound barrier by arguing of a very very kind of complicated technical financial logistics and specifics over interest rates on loans and what loans were used for for what parts of Everton as a business and whether or not they could have been excluded from the calculations or not. But the the reality is that this is a very much a judgment on the Mashiri years. Um, Everton are only in a position where they're arguing over you know, 15, 20 million pounds because They've already got to the 85, 86, 87 million pound threshold that even they, in their most ambitious case, um, put forward as, as, as their losses over this period. And they've done that through, well, to be perfectly honest, having not been done very, not being run very well. And when you look at, when you look at the details of this report, you see what we've known for some, or always suspected for some time, and obviously, you know what has coloured our approach to coverage of Everton, particularly over the past year. Um, it's clear that for all the ambitions that Mashiri brought to the club and all the money that Everton brought to the club, you know, a lot of very poor decisions have been made. And, and throughout the rather period, as, as things have got worse and worse and worse, it looks like the Premier League, you know, whilst Everton were engaged with them, the Premier League were warning them about the potential issues that, that could come later down the line and which we've obviously come to a head this year and on Friday. And I think... You know, when you look back at that period and you look at some of the decisions that were made and, and the way in which you know Everton flew too close to the sun essentially and and and, and Michelle, they, they they gambled everything on this situation getting better on the pitch and when it didn't the, the whole house fell down um and that isn't a sustainable way to run a business and we've, we've seen the conclusion of that so I think there's a, a a kind of an anger and a frustration in relation to that because I don't think that can be ignored in this. Um, but there is a, also separate to that um, a, a kind of amusement and, and confusion over the severity of the penalty um, and the nature of it. 
because I think that it's very possible to kind of have two approaches on this. You can be, you can accept that evidence a club has been run poorly over a sustained period of time and still, and, and accept that it probably deserves some degree of punishment for that. But then you can also, you can also look at it and go, 10 points doesn't seem to be, seems to be a very severe figure that's been plucked out of thin air. There's no real reasoning given to within the commission's report as to how they reach that figure. And when you place that within the context of what we know about punishments handed out to Premier League football clubs during the course of the competition's history, I don't really see I don't really see how Evan getting ten points fits in with the narrative. You know, if a club was to go into administration, as Portsmouth did, and if it was still to do so now, that would have a huge, huge, uh, you know, crippling impact on the footballing ecosystem within it operates. You know, the, the transfer dealings it's done with other clubs and they might lose out on fees, um, the potential for players to lose out on wages, the potential for the businesses and the community initiatives that, uh, that basically are reliant on a sustainable football club to sustain their own um, business, their own uh, survival um, within those communities. Well, if a club falls down and goes to administration, it's nine points. That's far worse than than this. Um, and even for all the, you know, for all the difficulties Evan have had, for all the mitigating circumstances, but for all the mistakes that they've made, you know, this is a breach of twenty million pound over a course of four years. That's that's one fiftieth of what Chelsea have spent in the last three transfer windows. Um, you know, when the figures are kind of are there and around, you, you you do continue to come back to wonder how they got ten points. And, like Connor said, the you know, the Super League six, um, you know, repeatedly having to, repeatedly get messages saying, Oh, they weren't trying to break away from the Premier League. They weren't. It was the Champions League they were trying to break away from. But what they were trying to do was create a clone shop for the top tier of European football that would essentially which would completely undermine the integrity of the competition of the Premier League because essentially it wouldn't matter how you performed in the English football period, that top tier would still be closed off to you because it'd be a closed shop to those handful of clubs. Um and you know they got a three and a half million pound fine. So like, you where where is the fairness? That's 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 kind of where my my confusion and and twistedness and anger is over this. But I'll just just yeah, go on, kind of go on. It's, it's quite interesting where Joel talked about like the administration points deduction because I was thought that probably is able to throw away to DFL and they've been a case where they did with two clubs have been you know in, in financial trouble and one of them are kind of suspended points and points taken off for the following season. Another club had their points who gone into administration, points taken straight away. And one of the questions at the time was, well, why is one used to put straight away and the other doesn't? And the the, the, the feedback I got from speaking to one at DFL was that as far as the world of football is concerned, the worst thing you can do is go into administration. That is the worst thing you can do is a football club. The worst thing you can do, like, you know, one of the reasons the show comes out there is go into administration. So it does seem absolutely baffling that you can you get nine points deducted for doing the worst thing, what is perceived the worst thing in football, which is going to administration, and you get ten points for you know a twenty million breach of profit and sustainability rules. It, it doesn't quite add up. Well, why why this punishment then? Is that it? Are the Liverpool fans on this panel or something? It's you know it it is quite ridiculous, isn't it? That what we've just what you've just talked about there the nine points penalty for administration. And and this is is ten points. I, I think the, the 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 big thing for me from this is I think Everton clear the Premier League wants to make an example of someone. I think Everton have been made scapegoat a little bit because 
they're probably an easy target in the sense of they're not one of the big six, big seven established clubs who, you know, drive a lot of the commercial revenue and commercial value of the Premier League in terms of, you know, what it can offer. But they're a big enough club where, you know, the the the, the points and the, the the outcome will make headline news. I think that's, you know, I think for Everton, unfortunately, they've almost become the perfect club to be made an example of for all the wrong reasons, you know, in the sense of they're not probably as big as the top four, top six, but they're still a big club and they'll be an easy target because they, they've messed up. But I think the, the big thing as well from, from this is that, you know, ultimately Everton shouldn't find themselves in this position in the first place, should be. And I think that's one thing that we need to take into account because I always think this whole situation is split into two a little bit in the sense of, you know, I think every fan has every, you know, right to be angry and, and, uh, and a bit miffed by the punishments on what's come. We're on the same, you know, on the same, but at the same time, I think it's quite baffling that, you know, Everton find themselves in this position. And, you know, there was, you read the report and there was a few flaws, wasn't even saying, you know, they, they, they thought they'd done nothing wrong there, but later on they missed that they did do something wrong and stuff like that, which, you know, doesn't look good and doesn't reflect good on the, on the club. So I think going back to what you, you say about the punishment, but I think ultimately Everton has been made an example of where I think the Premier League wanted to show that they're in, they're in control of managing and governing their own league. Obviously, there's a threat of an independent regulation from the government coming in. I think Everton has just been in the, the wrong place at the wrong time. They're a very easy target to... To, to be to be punished in the most severe way possible. Let's talk about the appeal process then, just just slightly. We we know um, Everton are going to appeal, Joe. We don't know too much about that process, the timeline, or what, what's what's going to happen. But there have been reports from various football journalists and news outlet outlets this morning suggesting Everton feel that at the ten point deduction will be reduced. Um, we don't know what that figure will be. Connor is running. The Echoes Everton SC Live blog today. He he published that in the blog today. So is there anything that you you know, have you heard anything on that yourself? Or do you, do you see that as a viable option that the points deduction will be reduced to a three or a six? Uh, I think we know everything that we need to know about the appeal process. It it will go because the ten point deduction has come in with immediate effect, um, the appeal process will have to be done this year, it'll have to be heard and have to reach a judgment this year for it to be have any Otherwise, it becomes pointless because if they reduce it from 10 to 6 or 7 or something like that, um, your next season will obviously you know, get no advantage from that. So, And we know the basis upon which Everton will appeal. They accept that they've, they've gone over the limits here. Uh, they dispute the extent to which they've gone over the limits with the Premier League, but they accept that they are guilty of wrongdoing. Um, so punishment is inevitable. So really, you know, it just comes down to an argument over the mitigating factors and essentially Everton trying to convince somebody else that yes, we have broken the rules, but we haven't done it as, as severely as, as this punishment uh, warrants. Yeah, there'll be no idea within Everton. You know, journalists can write what they want, and obviously, yeah, there'll be people within Everton that that might be hopeful for different reasons. But you know, until they know who the commission that they're going to be in front of, you know, who's going to be on that panel, and 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 how things are going to go. No one has a clue really about what the hopes are, but you know, I think the ambition will be to you know, to reduce it. And you know, you would think with some of the reasons that we've outlined here that there might be a possibility of doing so. This does seem very harsh and um and, and you know, it does seem very, very harsh. But I, I think ultimately because the commission don't really set out their reasoning within the report for uh, the ten points, that's what this is gonna be an argument over. How did you get to the ten points? 
what's that harsh? So without knowing the full reasons for that, it's very difficult to say what chance Everton have. But you know, they will go into it hopeful that because this breaches, because this punishment is so 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 severe, um, yeah, they'll they'll be hopeful that they can say, well, unprecedented scenario that we think they've gone a little bit giddy with excitement here at the opportunity to punish somebody, maybe reduce it by a little bit, but. There's no doubt that at the end of this, I mean, we'll still have a very severe penalty, whatever the outcome. So, um, you know, on, on, on that respect, Evan have to kind of do their talking on the pitch, really, as well as in the, the chambers of, 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 you know, with the halls of whatever building um, these are held in. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Connor, do you foresee... Uh... You know, an, a successful appeal. You see a suspended sentence. You see a reduction in whatever, and with from the Premier League and independent uh, panel. I think the best outcome Everton have got in terms of an appeal is is a reduction on the points they've been taken. I think it's quite interesting isn't it, that Sheffield did it Wednesday a couple of years ago were were, were docked points by the EFL for breaching profit and sustainability rules. They were initially docked twelve points, but then on appeal. That was half to six, and because I think it was excessive, excessive, severe, excessively severe was I think the, the way it was described, uh, the punishments. So you could argue that on them same lines. Is that a template for the Premier League to follow? Then you know, you ten to ten to half from half to five. Yeah, that 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 could be a, a ten pick plus be that, and it will, will be followed. But I think that will be Everton's best outcome as a, a reduction. I think that there's. There'll definitely be some sort of point deduction. I think Everton. It's quite clear now that that they will be. You'll be very, very shocked and surprised if, you know, on appeal Everton are given the ten points back and maybe got you know a, a fine or, you know, some sort of suspended points deduction. I think there's a possibility that it might be you know, five points deducted and five suspended if they were to be breach, breach these these rules again. But yeah, I think the best outcome Everton could hope or could be hoped for is that they get some points back from this and. From the, from the appeal process, because like I said, I don't, I don't think now, given where we are and what's happened, we'll be in a, a situation where Everton will be getting all 10 points back and, and maybe a fine. I think the, the hope is that they'll get some points back, but we'll have to accept that they may lose, you know, five or six points as a consequence of, of the, you know, the crime that they've they permitted. Joe, has it, has it surprised you that the level of shock and anger from people, you know, within the football community over this? Um, points deduction. You know, we've had you've seen over the course of the past two days plenty of pundits, um, football and personalities with absolutely no connection to the club. Maybe some who you know just don't even you know like dislike the club, but actually coming out back in Everton saying this is a disgrace, and you know kind of now wanting Everton to to stay up. Is is it surprised yet? No, not really, because I think the the. Yeah, the punishment is so severe. You know, it's, it's, it's like it is. It is a shock. It is something that sets you aback. Um, and I don't think. I, I don't think the the punishment is so severe that it doesn't really kind of leave room for people to go. Or maybe ifs and buts and things like that. It's 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 so unprecedented that it's naturally caused caused a lot of shock. And I think that you know because we're so unused to seeing anything like this, then then it's a reality. It's it's it's, it's it's going to cause a lot of people shock. I think that's, I think there's a sense within the footballing world that Evans' breach perhaps isn't as severe as being made out by this punishment. Obviously, Evans shared that view, 
um, you know, the Premier League have to integ- have to do what they can to protect the integrity of the game. And if we didn't have anything else on which to kind of compare this to, then it'd be a lot harder. But obviously, you know, like we've mentioned, things like the Super League, which is still very relatively recent memory, um, and the the sanction that we know is in place for clubs that go into administration, they're probably the barometers by which we can measure this against. And I feel like both of those are more severe, more ruinous to the integrity of the Premier League than Everton's breach by, by £20 million. So, you know, I, I think it's probably natural that people come out and shocked and surprised. I don't think anybody expected this. OK, just a reminder to everyone listening and watching that we are live. So just uh, submit your comments. Um, and at some point during the show, I will read them out to the lads, um, and hopefully the lads will be able to uh, give you the answers that you're, you're asking. Um, so yeah, Joe, I'll just come back to you very quickly. So we talked about about this briefly on on Friday, but Connor, again, as mentioned, has been on the Everton Live blog today. There's been reports that 777 are set to walk away from Everton just purely down to the fact that, you know, other clubs are looking to sue, you know, alleged alleged reports on that, uh, which could result in three hundred million pound compensation. Connor, I will come on to you on this as well. But um, have you heard anything on this? Obviously, it's only been two days since since the rule, and I'm sure there won't be too much movement on it. But what what are your thoughts on those reports this morning? Yeah, I'd be very very surprised if seven 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 were to walk away before any ruling is given on compensation. I think, given the amount of money that they've already lent to the club and and how far the line they are with their potential takeover. Obviously, you know, it's, it's not a given that they will get the green light for the takeover, of course. Remember, that's you know, they, they are a, an institution with their own issues, which the Premier League will be will be rifling through at the moment. Um, you know, for their track record and their finances and, and everything else. Um, but I, I can't for life for me see how they would walk away before we got to the end of, of this process. Uh, and we're still some way away from it. Obviously, we know it'll be this season. Um, who would who would be liable for any cost paid in the bill for any compensation? That I'm not sure about. I think within the terms of 777's deal, there were stipulations and um, there were contingency plans in relation to how much the deal would be worth and how much they would end up pay, paying, dependent on things like relegation and, and potential points deductions and things like that. So... So that wouldn't necessarily be an automatic reason for them to move away um, from the from the club. Obviously, if you know, we know that a handful of clubs are now, they do now have the opportunity to to apply for compensation. That's going to be a whole separate set of hearings. Um, whether or not they get the opportunity to, you know, whether or not the Premier League or the or an independent commission rule that Everton have do actually owe them anything is is a different matter, and how much they owe them will be a different matter. Obviously. Yeah, you see the figures of three hundred million. You see three hundred million pounds bandied around, and then that's sending them into administration, which will then give them another nine point deduction. And I think that anything like that is is a bit of mischief, to be perfectly honest. At the, the present moment in time, um, you know, the, whilst it's clear that those clubs can attempt can make an argument say they they deserve compensation, they still got to be granted that by the Premier League, and then a fee, then or independent people then. Then, then figures have got to be agreed upon, and you know, three hundred million pounds feels like a huge amount of money. Bearing in mind that each of these clubs will have to prove that Everton's wrongdoing was the difference between them staying up and not. Then to get figures that high now, if you were to look at last season alone, 
well, Southampton and Leeds can can argue all they want that they might that Evan might have had an unfair advantage because they breached spending rules. But even if Evan had a ten point deduction last season, Southampton and Leeds still would have gone down. It still would have only been Leicester that was stayed up. So you can make an argument for maybe Leicester or on you know having having a stronger case than the other two. But you know how they can all be seen as equals and how we get to a point where we get to those type of figures. Um, yeah, I think we're a long, long way off there. I think we need a lot more clarity in that situation before seven, seven, seven would walk away. Connor, just on seven, seven, seven. Then it's a, it's just a a minefield. That situation's a minefield in itself, isn't it? I mean, there's been reports today, yesterday that they're going to be lending Everton even more money. So you know, where where do you think their stance is on all of this? Do you think that th- th- he's looking to back out. Obviously, as Joe mentioned, no, th- they're obviously not going to make a decision until any appeal process has gone through. But it's just an absolute, it's just chaos. Yeah, it, it, it just seems to be one of them situations where more chaos evolves <laughs> and grows by the, the weeks. And it just seems that there's always something uh, going on in terms of 7 7 and taking over ever. I think what's quite interesting with this, though, is I suspect that they would have had some sort of include. That the club would have been found guilty, but would have known if the club were going to be found guilty because obviously nobody read the reports. It's quite interesting that Everton basically argue that you know they believe that a sport or something like this shouldn't be the the the, the, the punishment. It should be you know a, a, perhaps a transfer embargo or a fine. So you know that if that was put to the the, the commission, which it was, you suspect that behind the scenes seven 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 will have been made aware of that. You know, things perhaps weren't going in Everton's favour and that they were going to be on the end of some sort of punishment uh, from all this. So they would have known in a fan spot what was going on. They, like everyone else, would have been shocked when they discovered that it was 10 points. But, you know, it is it is what it is. I, I, I don't really see how 777 walk away just yet. I think um, I think they're far too invested in knowing that in the football club. I think maybe they've already let Everton a lot of money. They'll probably lend Everton a bit more money, we, we suspect, before the takeover is officially confirmed. Um, which knows it's a currently ongoing, but yeah, I think uh, there's a lot more I think needs to happen. Like Joe said, I think there's a lot more that needs to happen before I think we get to a position or a, a kind of a, a situation where seven 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 are contemplating walk away from any deals to take over Everton. I think they're far too invested now to walk away. I think they will have known what they were walking into a little bit in English big salary wastes. They've obviously been around the club and, and going off to a port in terms of how the things were going with the commission. Joe, a lot's been made of the Manchester City and, and Chelsea situation and, you know, their alleged breaches and what's going on with that. Obviously, we we, we don't know. We're not really privy to it. But um, reports this morning suggested that those clubs, both of those clubs are going to be threatened with a 30-point deduction or automatic relegation. And, you know, that it seems like if that is the case, the Premier League are going to be, you know, coming down hard on, you know, situations like this that Everton find themselves in. Yeah, well, obviously, yeah. Those, those situations are probably a long way from fruition. And I think that at the minute, Evan's point, Evan's deduction seems very, very harsh because we're not used to anything like this uh, being handed down. I mean, and we, we talk about a lack of consistency when we look at some of the other things that the clubs have been punished for or barely punished for. Obviously, if this is a new term from the Premier League, then it's, yeah, if it, if it Everton's breaches in comparison to Manchester City's if they'd be found guilty of them. Well, there, I mean, there's 115 there. I mean, one one of the kind of the shocking issues around getting 10 point deduction is where do you where where, where do you go for 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 somebody else who's breached the rules? What's 
yeah, that feels so severe. It feels like you've not left much room for anywhere else. Well, yeah, Manchester City get found guilty of two. Like, where, where can they go? And it's it's perfectly logical to suggest that you know guilty punishments for guilty verdicts for them would lead to more severe punishments if they're found guilty of of greater wrongdoing. Particularly when underpinning the argument in relation to Everton, the Premier League don't accuse Emerson of dishonesty, uh, and the Premier League don't think that the breach was deliberate. Now, I'm not saying that they think either of those about the, the allegations against Manchester City, but obviously, if their starting point is 10 points for what they're effectively saying is a is an accidental breach, um, for one accidental breach, well, there's, there's a hell of a long... Um, yeah, if, 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 that's where, if that's their starting point for this, then it's, it's difficult to see where they can go, but obviously... Yeah, it's going to be more severe than 10 points if they get found guilty of more than two things. So, I mean, um, yeah, where they go from this, I don't quite know. 30 points might be, relegation might be. We, we don't know. We don't, we don't even know how the 10 points was worked out. So how can we guess how they're going to work out um, punishments for allegations that haven't even been found to be, yeah, to, to be clubs haven't been found guilty of them yet? You know, it's, it's we don't know. Okay, so just a little... Uh to move along a little bit to on-field matters. Well, it's kind of still off-field matters, but Connor, you put in the, the blog this morning that Carbert-Lewin's contract talks are potentially going to be on hold now due to this decision. Uh, Joe will probably be able to tell us a little bit more about it, but Connor, do you want to maybe just go into a little bit of, of what you know on this Carbert-Lewin contract situation, the uh, pay reports from this morning? Yeah, well, it's not so much our understanding. It's a report from a, a football news website who, who say that ever been for contract talk for Dominic Carver Lewin on holes given given this situation. I don't think that's really surprising. I don't, I don't think, you know, I think all focus the football club at the minute will be will be on the appeal and, and, and be on, you know, working things out and working around what is, is going on. I think Everton have done some good business so far this season. I think to the core and Bradford have signed a new deal, so it's no surprise if they they have spoken talks with Dominic Carver Lewin over a new deal or an extension to his new deal. But yeah, I suspect all focus at the minute, you know, will be on the club, you know, appealing this situation and finding a positive resolution to it. So it wouldn't be too, obviously, because we don't know for certain I've, I've started talks with Calvert Lillian, but it wouldn't be no surprise if they kind of be in for a whole throughout. All the focus remains on, you know, sorting this situation out. And we saw it last season, did me, you know, Sean Dyche was, you know, quite firm. And a lot of the times, when myself and Joe would go, you know, Chris would go to press conferences and we asked about all the players going to be able to contract at the end of the season, whether he's asked open talks or they don't consider the future. And he was always quite firm and saying, no, all that's on the back burner, all the focus is on relegation. Well, this time around, obviously, you know, hopefully the, the focus won't be on relegation, but the focus at the minute is on you know, the, the, the outcome of this 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 hearing from independent commission and Everton finding a positive resolution during the appeal process. So, yeah, I don't, we don't know for certain that calvert Moon is open contract talks with Everton, but it wouldn't be no surprise if, if ever at the club is just waiting on finding you know, some positive way of, of disappealing. I think it's quite interesting, going back to what we said there, but no Man City and Chelsea. Like Joe says, we don't know how they got to 10 points, so we don't know how they would work things out. But I think we're safe to say if ever they're being done, like if ever being, you know, docked 10 points for one charge, then relegation and 30 points seems very, very, you know, real prospects for City or Chelsea, given what they're facing. So I don't, so don't quite understand why people are so surprised by some of them reports, because if a ball off the Everton getting it up to 10 points, then surely that's the minimum that you need City and we should be coming City and Chelsea's way, because, you know, like we've all said, you know, since Friday, we'll only watch them closely to what comes in from these hearings and what, you know, what fans and 
puts deductions and, you know, punishments come next. So, yeah, I'm not quite sure why people are so surprised by some of the claims that are being made about what was happening to Chelsea and City, given we've just seen Everton deducted 10 points, but nowhere near the crimes that they're, they're being you know, labelled with. Joe, just back to Carver-Lewin then. The striker back with a bang after, you know, probably 18 to 18 months to two years of absolutely injury hell, regardless of whether these reports are true over the contract, contract situation. You know, a fit Carver-Lewin is obviously a player Everton won in that team. So it, I'm not too sure on his, his length of his contract left, but, you know, it's something that we'd probably want to get tied down sooner rather than later. Yeah, I actually... I'd actually be surprised if if what's happened on Friday had any real impact on on any contract talks with Dominic Carvalho in a position there. I mean, because he's so important to the squad. I mean, one thing that you know, one of the threads, or well, the main thread of of, of the prosecution against Everton in this you know, in the financial um, case against in the profit and sustainability ones is that it made poor financial decisions over a long period of time. Well, Dominic Calvert Lewin after Christmas will have 18 months left on his contract. Um, you know, he's probably the most valuable player in that squad. Um, he's someone that could attack, attract a genuine fee and he's certainly somebody that when he's fit, he brings something to the team that Everton would really struggle to to replace uh, with because they just wouldn't have the money to, to find a replacement for him. And he's also someone that there'll be teams, including teams in the top six, I think that felt a fit Dominic Calvert-Loon could do a job for them. So I'm sure that there'll be plenty looking at um, Everton's situation and thinking, well, maybe we could prize Dominic Calvert-Lewin away from them on the cheap in January or once he gets to next summer, if there's no new deal signed, you know, at that point start thinking, figure out maybe get him on a free at the end of that year. So for Everton, what Everton should really be doing right now is trying to protect the value and, and, and heighten and increase the value in, in the assets that they've got. And that would mean tying down Dominic Calvert-Lewin to, to a new contract. Now, he's probably in a position at the minute where he would probably welcome the security that that would bring, bearing in mind that he's still, a, he's, he's back from several years of injury hell, but it's still a relatively... Um, yeah, it's, 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 his fitness is still relatively new and fragile, so we don't know what the long-term prospects of him is. Um, but for Everton, they've seen enough of him, I think, to probably want to say, well, we want to we want to protect the value of our asset and, and tie him down to a longer deal. So, so regardless of of where you, know, I, I think it had because I, I think if we're being perfectly honest, you know, obviously it's right that Everton appeal, but they're still. Given the way in which they've played in recent weeks and the way in which the season's going, they're still only one win away from safety. Um, they're still very... I still back them very, very strongly to stay up this season. Um, and providing they can do so, then their financial outlook doesn't really change that much as a result of, of this. Obviously, they'll get less money if they finish a few places lower down in the Premier League. But this was a season around, around which survival was the main aim and hopefully survival as soon as possible. So as long as the projections for their finances and their forecasts are, are, are you know are correct and balanced and, and, and fair and realistic, um, then I don't think that much changes because I, I still think I'm in the favour to get out of this relegation battle. So uh, which they've been plunged back into as a result of this deduction. So with that in mind, I think that they should have some degree of thought going into the longer term sustainability and viability of the finances of the club, and that would mean. Yeah, having a word with Dominic Calvert Lewin and seeing whether or not they can sign him up to a new deal. At the very, very least, even if it be even if it ends up happening that they are going to sell him, what they do end up listening to offers for him, they'd obviously 
get a far higher value if he's under a longer term deal. So, the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Okay, moving on just to a different story. Uh, quite a, a rather funny story, to be honest, Connor. I'll, I'll come to you on this one. Story that we published on the Echo website. So, obviously, the Premier League, uh, Everton's number one em- enemy at this moment in time. So, there's been a bit of a campaign and on social media to to basically raise funds for for banners in, to go in protest against the Premier League for Everton's up and coming match. Um, uh, a GoFundMe page. So, in the past twenty four hours, has raised over twenty seven thousand pounds. So. Uh, well, let's believe. Just, uh, just your thoughts and, and comments on that, really. Phenomenal, isn't it? Absolutely phenomenal. I think, uh, you know, when you think of you know fans coming together last year, obviously last season, sorry, was obviously a real difficult one for Everton on and off the pitch because off the pitch there was a lot of kind of turmoil and people perhaps you know going in different directions and believing different things. But one thing that this Premier League. You know, this independent commission hearing and judgment has, has done is brought everyone connected to Everton Football Club together. And, you know, the goal for me page to raise money for banners to, to make a, to make the point of the Premier League is, is just absolutely flowing. You know, there's that, there's no, this doesn't surprise me because, look, you know, I think someone, a lot of people like Pitts Brunch, but it's only on Friday that they picked on the wrong club. And, you know, Everton fans aren't going to take this line down. And the £27,000 that's being raised shows that no one's going to take this judgment line down. And, a fan doing a bar get a message across, and you know it, it doesn't shock at all because I think if you look, you know, if you ask Frank Lampard and if you ask Sean Dyche, you know, the last two seasons when you look back, I think we can all agree that Everton's fans play the bigger part than anyone in keeping the club in the football league and, and ensuring that they, you know, we're playing top flight football this season. So to see them come together now, United has won it is superb to see. And while it's you know disappointing that it's in the circumstances in which it is, in which Everton have been got ten points. It's still going to say, and you know, I'm sure Goodison come soon that the week this time next week, or just a little over this time next week, where Manchester United visit the shops. It's always a big game. I always want to get in. Everyone looks forward to it. It's going to have that extra bit of spice, and Everton fans will be right off for it because they will, you know, be bursting with emotion after what's been a, a torrid few days. Joe, £27,000 is definitely going to buy the biggest banner you've ever seen at Goodison Park, isn't it? <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, fair play and fair play to the 1878s for everything that they, they have done and continue to do for, for, for the club. Um, yeah, they're crucial to the atmosphere that's there. I think that Goodison Park is going to be absolutely intense on, on on Sunday night. It's going to be under the lights, under the cameras, TV pictures beamed all around the world. And I have absolutely no doubt that the best part of 40,000 Everton fans are going to make their views about the Premier League very, very clear to the world. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so I think it's it'll come to the end of the, the show and the podcast now, but I will just run through some comments because we've got plenty of comments coming through on the YouTube and the Facebook page. Um, so I'm happy for anyone to, to take these. We are not um, sport, sports lawyers or sports journalists, so some of them are related to that, so we can only really give honest opinions. But Rob Fulton has asked, can the relegated teams really sue us for 100 million each? And if they can Will it force us into administration? Yeah, so I mean, I can take that. Well, I think, bearing in mind the fragility of, of Everton's finances, then I think if they were to be hit with something like a three hundred million pound bill for, for for fees, then then that would put them in a very precarious situation. It would probably come to down whether or not it would send them into administration would probably come down to the extent as to whether whether or not seven 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 are granted 
the right to take Everton over, and then to what extent they're willing to dip their hands in the pockets and, and prevent it from from happening. We we saw from the financial forecast last season that Everton would have been in a precarious situation had they gone into um, had they gone into the championship. So yeah, if you were to just wipe off another three hundred million pounds, that would have a significant impact. But I don't think we will get to anywhere near that. Obviously, you say what we rightly say that we're not sports lawyers, but I think Rob partly answers his question within 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 it, partly answers his question within it that uh, because and for reasons I've already kind of pointed to on the show, I don't really understand how each of those three clubs that went down last season could claim the same amount of money because. You, know, you look at Southampton and you look at Leeds, as we've already said, even if Everton were on minus 10 points, they still go down. So they can't really say that Everton got an un- Emerson got a, a, you know, an illegitimate sporting advantage that cost them survival because quite clearly it, you know, it, it, it didn't. Um, so, so, so I'd be very, very surprised if we got to that. Obviously I'd be, I'd be very, very worried if we ended up in a situation where Everton ended up with a bill of 300 million pounds to pay. Um, but I don't think it's quite going to get there. And I do think that, you know, whilst we know that clubs can now apply to try and, you know, to try and apply for compensation, the first hurdle is getting whoever adjudicates that power to say, yes, you actually deserve some. The minute they've just been given the right to make that application in the first place, whether that's granted and on what basis it's granted and then on what basis the, the sums are added up after that, yeah, that's still a long way down the line. But I'd be very, very surprised if we got to figures like that. Connor, Jez Taylor has said, I was shocked with the decision, to be honest. As far as I'm concerned, we were open with them and followed the guidelines, obviously followed them, open with the Premier League. Just, it hasn't really asked the question, but as have Everton been, you know, too done hard to by the Premier League, by being open, too open with, with them and, you know, with everything that they've done? Yeah, there is, there is elements that, isn't it, that they've probably been too nice for their own goals. Um, I think as well, you know, you know, if you read the reports, obviously there's a, a player referred to in terms, you know, whoever didn't want to pursue legal action around, and I saw a few albums on Twitter on, on Friday saying, and obviously the kinds of area where Everton perhaps showing themselves be too nice and, and too kind of, you know, trustworthy and and and, and forgiving. And yeah, that there is elements that, but I think it's such a complex kind of case, isn't it? That you know, I think if you read the report, there's way things are kind of move, move throughout the sequence of events you know perhaps the way ever wish the Premier League wasn't to the way that we all thought it was at the, at the time and um, yeah I certainly understand where, where Jess is coming from in the sense of you would have thought that given they've been with, with the Premier League so closely and they you know have been asking for their help almost them to find themselves in the position is a rather baffling one but yeah, I, I think it's it's probably been a, a, a mixture of both. Really, maybe it's spoken, but there's also things going on behind the scenes that perhaps have impacted and swayed decisions and uh, thinking. Just to jump in on that, I think it's probably helpful to reframe how we see the relationship between the Premier League and Everton over this period of time, because you know we say working with, and it probably it's probably more appropriate to say that they are in dialogue with them rather than actively working with them to to make sure that everyone with compliance because when you look back through when you look back through the rule and um, through through the judgment and through what's been going on for the last three years there are lots of conversations that continue time and time again it's very very clear that it's very very clear that Evan have been found in breach partly because of documents that they've willingly disclosed to the Premier League so 
without that length of tra- amount of transparency, then the Premier League's case would certainly have been weakened. But it's also true to say that when you look back at the narrative of this case, it's been three or four years where the Premier League repeatedly been saying, look, this is coming, look, this is coming, be careful. Oh, we're approving this transfer. Uh, you sign in this player for, for some money. But it's not up to us to ultimately decide whether or not this comes down to you know, th- th- whether you'll be compliant once you add things like wages and the structures of the deal in place. You know, they have been on that shoulder over and over again saying, be careful, be careful, be careful. Um, and Everton have obviously still got to, and Everton have ended up in a position where even they had, they admit that they've, they've breached the rules. So, you know, have, have Everton been hard done by because they've been more open? Well, they certainly strengthened the Premier League's case by opening up the books to them. Um, but this has, I don't think this has been a case, say, for instance, where for three years it's been the Premier League going, you're okay, you're okay, you're okay, you're okay. Oh, we've got the final books. Actually, you're not okay. I think it's been one very much where they've been saying, you're on a fine line here. You're on a fine line here. You're on a fine line here. Then they've got all the, yeah, they've got everything um, for the end of final financial year for 2022. They've gone, yeah, you've crossed it. And we've warned you that you've crossed it. And I think that's part of the reason why they've been so severe. Okay. Rod Ross says, no sporting advantage gained. Everton should sue or counter sue for, for loss of earnings. So interesting one there. This is an interesting one, Joe, and I'll come to you on this one, Sean Edgerton. It's a big question, so I'll kind of summarise it, and it's a, it's a legitimate um, point, and one that I would we I'm going to be interested in. So I don't know if we know the answer to this, but on appeal, if we are unsuccessful, is the is the scope from the Premier League to make the appeal even uh, make the point deduction even worse? It's it's not clear. That's that's not stipulated anywhere, uh, and I'd be surprised if 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 that was to be the case. But I have to add the caveat that even after even after all this and even after the 41-page judgment, it's very difficult to understand how the 10-point deduction in the first place was put together. Um, and there are still a lot of grey areas around you know, what would happen in the appeal process. The, the honest answer is I don't know, but I'd be very surprised if it got... I'd be very, very surprised if it got, um, if it, if it got increased if Everton lost an appeal. Um, that, would, that wouldn't that would quite seem to run in line with what the intentions and of, of, of this of this commissioner's investigation are, are there for. Connor, is that as... Could you imagine if, sorry, if, if they did increase it, got the, the few over 10 points <laughs> and the end Actually, if it went up, she's... Let's not go there. <laughs> we'll have to raise more money for uh, in the GoFundMe. <laughs> So Zephyr says, the length of time the appeal will take isn't clear. It could drag on for some time. And if it does, it really affects the way the rest of the season plays out. What if it drags on beyond mid-May, Connor? Well, it's definitely done by the end of the season. That's, that's the first and foremost. Obviously, that could take us into May. But I think, you know, Sean Dyche, the players, and obviously I'm not Sean Dyche, but well, if I was in that dressing room, you'd just be waiting to try and get as many points as you possibly can, as fast as you can, and get yourself away from the danger zone. And if, you know, Everton was a bit maybe five points back in, in April, May after the, the appeals hit, then that'll be a nice welcome boost towards the end of the season. But I think, you know, while this band is not great for the players, it's not great, you know, a lot of their hard work this season has been, you know, undone um, through no fault of their own. It, I think, you know, Everton just needs to concentrate so on the pitch, certainly just to get as many points as fast as they can, get themselves away from danger. And if, you know, in the new year, they somehow end up getting, you know, four or five points back, 
just just the appeal process, then that'll be a nice blocking boost. And who knows where that will take them in the table. But for now, I think they just need to work on getting up the relegation zone and getting as high and, and up the same as fast as they can, get as many points on the board as they can. Okay, so I'm going to finish off now. But Connor, I asked Joe this question on Friday. So I'm going to ask you the same question. If the 10 point deduction does stick and Everton find themselves come May, you know, in and around the relegation zone, minus 10 points of what they originally started off, do we stay up? Yeah, 100%. I'll be shocked if Everton went down this season, even with the minus 10 points. But where they find themselves in the table right now, I'll be shocked if they get relegated. I think it'll be a massive, massive floor unless things obviously you know derailed off the pitch even more which is a whole other story that that could come we you don't know but as things stand right now i would be shocked them ever up and down even in the position that they find themselves in now i think they've shown over about six weeks that they're far superior to the, the five or six sides who were down the, the first the table you know including the, the three newly promoted clubs and i think they've got enough class and enough kinds of enough quality in the squad to, to comfortably stay up but i think if they do go down It'll be a massive travesty from from where they were, and yeah, I I, I would be shocked if they were if they were to go down even in the position that they found themselves in. Now, when you, when you look at it, they've lost ten points and then even bottom of the league and all that's one goal difference. But you know, norm in these normal times, you probably beat the first of the table a few points adrift. Everton beat Man United next Sunday, go to Shaw Park, and results go their way elsewhere. Double up the bottom three. So as far as I'm concerned, there's no reason why Everton can't still be even in the position that they find themselves in right now. Joe, the, the the Manchester United game seems so far away, obviously because it's a Sunday late on. But it would be nice to get back to football and matters on the up properly on the pitch, won't it? You know, come come next week or come this week. You know, where have we got um, a day for the for the press conference yet? Um, not yet, but it'll probably be Friday. We've been a Sunday game. So yeah, it, you know, I'm sure. <laughs> that press there's only going to be one topic. In there. Yeah, there's obviously only going to be one topic, but you know, but. Based on or you know coming off the Crystal Palace results, you know again a result that maybe a lot of people seem to be unexpected that we got the three two win. It's it seems to be in a little bit mad a little bit, but it would be it will be nice this week to start talking about football and you know playing Man United and hopefully getting a win at Goodison Park under the lights, won't it? Yeah, it's a, it certainly will be, son. I mean, um, I think we're going to have another week of this, and I think it's going to be this all the way up to kick off on on next Sunday. But as soon as as soon as Balls kicked to start the game at four thirty on Sunday. We we'll back to on field matters, and hopefully, hopefully ninety minutes later, then Evan will be out of the relegation zone because of a positive result. Okay, Joe, thanks for joining us this afternoon. Any plans for this evening? Uh, no, just carry on working. <laughs> Brilliant, Connor. Uh, nice one for joining us. Any plans for this evening? You're ready to clock off, aren't you? Well, very shortly, both for now, back back to work. <laughs> or, or, or on a Sunday in, in Life of Yahoo. Yeah, it certainly is. It certainly is. Okay, everyone, to our listeners and those watching live on YouTube and Facebook, thank you for joining us. There'll be plenty more on this story and the build-up to the Manchester United game over the next couple of days in the course of the week. Stick with the Echo's website and social channels for all the latest news and developments. You've been listening to the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.